0: celebrate the glorious feast of the Pentecost, and today we celebrate the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles. And as we read in the Acts of this morning, it said, it talked about the apostles and how they were gathered in one place, and it says that suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and sat upon each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Then after this event, this descent of the Holy Spirit, the apostles, they were transformed. Transformed. And this is what I want to speak about today, how the Holy Spirit transforms our lives to make us Christian people. If we look at the apostles before Pentecost, they were scared and they were hiding. But after Pentecost, they were courageous. Before the Pentecost, the disciples were confused. They didn't understand what the Lord was talking about sometimes. Even in the Gospel of St. Luke it says, but they understood none of these things. And the saying was hidden from them. And they did not know the things that were spoken. So the apostles, and they didn't have full understanding. But after Pentecost, they had understanding. They had a transformation in understanding. And the work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of the apostles, it did wonders and it did miracles. But I want you to imagine now with me for a second, what would the church have been if there was no Holy Spirit? Would the apostles, would they have been able to preach in the way they did without the Holy Spirit? Or would they have been able to even, like, not only preach, would they be able to die for their faith without the Holy Spirit? You know, I was, I was reading some uh, of the history of my Roman historian called Tacticus, and he wrote about the Christian persecution in the times of Nero. And, you know, this is what makes Christianity, like, amazing, that in the midst of persecution and in the midst of affliction, the church spread like wildfire. I don't think many other religions spread under the stress and persecution. No other religion spread in that way. And this is what the Roman historian says. He said, Christians were covered with the hides of wild beasts and worried to death by dogs or nailed... To crosses or set fire to, and when the day waned, burned to serve for the evening lights. This is what the Emperor Nero did. He used to light Christians for, for street lights. And a couple of months, maybe a month ago, Abuna talked to us about Saint Irenaeus and how when he was going to martyrdom, he was like joyful and he was such, at such peace. Is that possible? Do you think that's possible without the Holy Spirit? I don't think so and yesterday as I was kind of preparing I wrote a sentence I wrote the church without the Holy Spirit is and I was trying to find a good word to put into that blank the church or the Christian without the Holy Spirit is what what the word that I came up with was meaningless it is meaningless A church or a Christian without the Holy Spirit is meaningless and I want to explain this point with a couple with an analogy imagine for a second you are your goal in life your mission in life is to reach space for some reason you have an obsession with space and you want to go to space so what do you do if you want to go to space I think one important thing if you wanted to go to space is you should become an astronaut. It would be crazy for you to go be an actor or go like study some art or something and then say, I want to go be an astronaut. They're not, doesn't help you. Being an, like, being an artist won't help you in the circumstance of like getting to space. And so when I was looking online yesterday on the NASA webpage, it says if you want to be an astronaut, you should take classes on like science, on flight, on survival skills, because these are the necessary things that astronauts should know. Right? That makes sense. That if you wanted to be an astronaut, you should study things pertaining or to, to space. And I would say that's a very important milestone that you become an astronaut, so to speak. But to be an astronaut would be actually very trivial if it wasn't for the vehicle that could take you to space, right? Without the vehicle to take you to space, it makes no sense to train to be an astronaut. You could have the best training in the world, You could be the best survival skill person. You could be the most knowledgeable person about space. But as long as you don't have the vehicle to take you to space, then what's the point? What's the point? So, like, a car can't get you to space. Like, I love my Toyota, but my Toyota is not going to get me to space because the Toyota doesn't have the capability to fly. An airplane, a commercial airplane, can't take you to space. So it can only reach a certain level, a certain height, and then it gets up to 50,000 feet maybe, but it won't take you beyond. In order to get to space, you need a rocket ship. Or you need a space shuttle. Something made for you to take you here to there. So you need those two things. And in this analogy, I think being a Christian is like, or being an astronaut is like being a Christian. It's about knowing our faith, it's becoming familiar with the subject matter of God, just as an astronaut becomes familiar about space. But the Holy Spirit is like the vehicle. And the Holy Spirit isn't a vehicle, it is a person. Of the, it's the third person of the Holy Trinity, but it's the Holy Spirit. It's, he's, the Holy Spirit is like the rocket ship, it is the one that gives us the ability to go, to search, to reach the heavens, to reach into space. That's what the, in the Catholic epistle today, it says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, the Holy One to know all things. How are you going to know all things without the Holy Spirit? How are you going to reach? The depth of the knowledge of God without the Holy Spirit. So, in the absence of a rocket ship, in the absence of a rocket ship, actually being an astronaut is is useless. It would be like, and to say it in a different way, it would be no point to be a taxi driver if there were no cars. How could you be a taxi driver if there were no cars? In order to be a Christian, we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's why Christianity, we say the Pentecost, is like the birthday of the church. Because when the descent of the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles, the church was born. It's what made the church, what defined the church. And the Holy Spirit in the lives of ordinary people the ordinary apostles made them extraordinary Christians made them extraordinary Christians in practical terms what I'm saying is to be Christian we have to have the Holy Spirit thriving in us thriving in us and this is accomplished through the sacramental life of the church through our daily prayers and being fed by God's Word through the scriptures self-reflection through constant repentance and confession But nowadays what we do is we might call ourselves Christians although we have no relationship to the Holy Spirit. We have no relationship to the Holy Spirit yet we call ourselves Christians. But this is what I'm trying to say is meaningless. Is meaningless. That's why the Lord said many will say Lord, Lord we cast out demons in your name. He says I never knew you. How did he not know them? Because they weren't filled with the Holy Spirit. It is not pleasing to God to be a Sunday Christian and then to live a different life the rest of the week. How is that possible? In the words of St. Paul, that is to quench the Spirit. To quench the Spirit. This would be like we should be, ideally, burning in our love to God. Burning, like it should be a fire on fire for our love to God. But sometimes we quench the Spirit. We should be on fire. Isn't the commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind? Isn't that the first commandment? To love your God? Then how come if we say, Oh, we have a fast tomorrow. Or if we have to pray a little... How is that loving your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind? How is that loving your... I think that's why in the way of the pilgrim, the book that we read, one of the nice things he said, that should be the first thing we confess on the regular, is that maybe our love for God is not perfect. We need to work on that. We need to work on that. It's something we need to grow in. Our willful obstinance and defiance in sin is like putting cold water, cold water on the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And in Ezekiel chapter 8, I, we wrote, I wrote an article about it, and you can find it in the back of the church after. This was kind of my meditation for the week, or for a couple of weeks, is that Ezekiel had a vision in which he saw the pre-incarnate Logos. So this we're talking like 600 years before Christ, and he saw the pre-incarnate Logos. And the pre-incarnate Logos took Ezekiel and took him and put him in the most sacred place, the most holy place, and showed him the temple. And in the temple, the the logos shows Ezekiel what they're doing in the temple. And you you can read the article to see what they're doing, but they were doing atrocious things in the temple, worshiping idols in the temple, committing sins in the temple. And each time the Lord says, he says something interesting. He says, Son of Man to Ezekiel. He said, Do you see what they are doing? Do you see what these people are doing? The great abomination that the house of Israel commits here in my temple to make me go far away, to make me leave this temple, to leave my sanctuary. This got me thinking, how many of us also, as because we are the temples of the Holy Spirit, Correct? we are the temples of the Holy Spirit I wonder if the Lord brought the saints and stuck us and brought them into our hearts what would, he, what would the Lord show the saints how many secret rooms would we have and how many idols of do we have St. Paul he says do you know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you dwells in you the church is a holy place but the church is a holy place and so are you you are a holy place too and if anyone defiles the temple of God God will destroy him for the temple of God is holy which temple you are that's the words of Saint Paul which temple you are the good news for us and for Ezekiel is that after the Lord showed him this abomination they called it abomination that was happening in the temple The Lord, the Logos shows Ezekiel a new temple. Wow. Beautiful temple. And he says something even nicer. He says, I will sprinkle clean water on you. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. You guys can think about what the clean water is. Is? Okay, think about it. And I will cleanse you from all filthiness, and from your idols. And I will give you a new heart. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh, and give you a, a, I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues, and you will keep my judgments and do them. We need to allow the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to allow the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We should be fanning the flames of the Holy Spirit. Fanning the flames, adding to the flame of the Holy Spirit through our prayers, through our repentance. Not pushing Him away like they did in Ezekiel. They were pushing the Lord away from their temple. On this special day, I hope we invite the Holy Spirit back into our hearts and actually this is a great time because every liturgy, every liturgy, one of the prayers that we say in the liturgy, during the descent of the Holy Spirit, we say, we ask You, O Lord our God, we are sinful and unworthy servants. We worship You by the pleasure of Your goodness, that Your Holy Spirit may descend upon us and upon these gifts. Purify them, change them, manifest them as a sanctification for the saints. So on this great feast of Pentecost, we ask the Lord to purify us, to change us and sanctify us so that we can give glory to God forever. Amen.